So this morning we'll take up our message again in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4. I'll read that once again. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So we've been talking about that. God of this world, what does it mean? So I'd like to, to move on a little, uh, little more with that this morning. Now, let me just describe to the people listening by uh, a way of a recorded message. I have here's a prop. I have a pitchfork. I have a hook on it. And on that hook, I have a nice, pretty package uh, hooked as, well, on that hook. And that package then is labeled glory. And then there's a string. And down at the bottom, it says poison. So this will be hopefully what we will get to, maybe not immediately, but this will be uh, uh, our, our text this morning. So uh, our lesson there in verse 4, it said, Whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, again, we've talked about, you know, who's in control and so forth, but this tells us that Satan blinded the eyes, and uh, actually, let me read verse 3 as well. But if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this age has blinded the minds. So, so it's, the gospel is hidden, it says hidden for them that are lost. I'd like to ask you a question, answer it in your own mind. Will our shepherd, Jesus Christ, lose any of his sheep? Will, he's called the good shepherd. Will the good shepherd lose any of his sheep? He's called the great shepherd. Will the great shepherd lose any of his sheep? Will the wolves devour any of his sheep? Will any of the sheep that the Father gave the Son be lost? This talks about lost and Satan blinding the eyes of them that are lost. Hold your place here in Corinthians. If you have a bookmarker, we'll be going back there a lot. But I would go first to John chapter 6. Gospel of John chapter 6 to answer the question, will any, be, will any of the Lord's sheep be lost? John chapter 6, and answered very clearly here. John 6 and verse 37. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ, our shepherd, our savior, our sacrifice, our redeemer, says, all that the Father giveth me, shall come to me. And that starts out all. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will who has sent me, that of all that he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again last day. So that answers the question. The great shepherd, the good shepherd, our shepherd, he's not going to lose one 
of his sheep that the Father gave him. He'll not lose one. But in our text, it says, uh, talks about him, them that are lost, in whom the God of this age has blinded their minds. So, does Satan have the power to blind the Lord's sheep? Now, we want to be careful about when I say, um, does Satan have the power? Does Satan have this? We want to be careful about giving honor and glory. But anyway, so does Satan have the power to blind the Lord's sheep? Now, clearly, has the power to blind the lost sheep, but not the Lord's sheep. Even in that, is Satan overpowering the Lord when he blinds these eyes. It says, talks about these in whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of them. So, yes, Satan has been given power as a power tool to do certain things, and this is one of them. But is he overriding the Lord's will, blinding these eyes of these particular ones that we're speaking about. Is Satan overriding the Lord's will? Now, I'll make a statement that many would not believe, and I will say, no, Satan is not overriding the Lord's will in blinding these eyes. In fact, this is the Lord's will that these eyes be blinded. Now, I know many would say, uh, oh, no, that, no, that's not true. The Lord wouldn't want uh, the eyes of any blinded. He just wouldn't want that. Uh, that's a terrible, that's, that's blasphemy to make a statement like that. And I don't want you to believe me because I said it. But let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 13, and look at the Lord's words. Now, if the Lord says it, then yes, I want you to believe it. So first, in Matthew 13 and in verse 10, the disciples asked the Lord a question. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Now they saw <clears throat> what they saw was a problem. They understood what the Lord was saying. But they said, Lord, these other, they don't understand what you're saying. You know, why don't you speak it clearly? Why don't you speak it clearly instead of in parables? And <clears throat> I understand why they would make that statement at that time. But listen to the answer that he gave them. He answered and said to them, because it, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be uh, taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. 
And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart has become gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. That's why he spoke in parables. So they would not see, hear, understand, be converted, or healed. That's the reason he spoke in parables. But he says in verse 16, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So these are not my words. I didn't write this. <clears throat> so there will be some eyes blinded, can't see. We saw in our text, Satan was given his power to do that. But was that overriding the Lord's will? No, he was a tool used. And the Lord spoke in parables for the specific purpose. Some sheep would see, some would not. Not my words. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> don't glorify Satan for blinding these eyes. No more than glorify Satan for the the things that he was used to do to Job. Don't glorify Satan. Let's read another one along that same line. Some seeing and some do not. And John, Gospel of John chapter 10. And, you know, we ask a question, will the Lord lose any of his sheep? Will any of his sheep be lost? <clears throat> and uh, so in John, and this is very familiar to those of us here, like for it to be familiar to all of us. John chapter 10, verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him, round about Jesus, and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. So that's kind of what the disciples saying. You know, why do you speak to them in parables? They don't understand. And he told them, Well, this is the reason I speak in parables. I don't want them to understand and see and hear and be converted. I don't want to heal them. That's the reason he spoke in parables. So here the Jews. Uh, are, are saying this, uh, some of them that came to him there, then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. See, they couldn't understand those parables. Their eyes have been blinded, right? Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But ye believe not. Why? Why don't they believe? Well, Satan blinded their eyes. Well, yes, Satan was a tool. But what does the scripture say? But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck him out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck him out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. 
Now, some to say, you know, boy, you know, you, if you're one of the Lord's sheep, Satan can get you. That's not what the, you see what we're doing in our ignorance is saying we're glorifying Satan. We're giving him more power than God. But this says not one of his sheep will be lost or overpowered or plucked out of his hand. So by God's grace, we'll not give Satan honor and glory. Don't want to worship him unawares. So now, I, I want to uh, switch gears maybe just a little bit. So Satan, what do we look for? We're, uh, he has been given power. He's a tool. But what do we, what do we look for? If we're looking uh, to observe Satan, what should we be aware of? Or maybe what should we beware of? of? What, what, do we, what do we look for? Do we look for a pitchfork? Well, I just brought that for, for effect. But Satan, deceiving and blinding the eyes, what do we, what do we look for? What does he use to entice? He doesn't come out and say, I'm Satan, follow me. That's, oh, no doubt people says that. But that's not what Satan uses. That's not Satan's way. That's not what we are to beware of, and that's not what we are to instruct people to be looking for, to be aware of. He doesn't come like that. And so let's read that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I think we read this uh, on another uh, study on this, but I want to read it again. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. On, again, I want to be clear what we, what we look for, uh, what we tell people to beware of as far as Satan and so forth. What, what do we look for? Do we look at all these terrible people that we read about in the paper, terrible people in the bars and, and downtown and all these terrible people like this? Is that what we point them to? Is that what we're to be beware of? Is that how we would recognize Satan and his teachings that we should be aware of? Well, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, and uh, let's go to verse 1 first. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am, and this is Apostle Paul through the Holy Spirit writing this, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his craftiness, to your minds, or so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, Apostle Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and crucified. That's a simplicity. But we're concerned about other people will, will uh, 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 be uh, uh, corrupted and deceived from that simplicity which is in Christ. Jesus Christ and crucified, period. 
So down in verse 13 then. So again, what do we look for? What's this deceiving that we would look for? Are they going to be dressed in a red suit with a pitchfork and a pointed tail? Verse 13. <clears throat> for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. That's what they're going to look like. That's what they're going to appear to the untrained or unopened eye. And he says in verse 14, and, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So, yeah, his disciples are going to appear to some as apostles of Christ. They're going to talk about how much they love Jesus and everything. But so that's nothing. But Satan himself is going to be transformed to an angel of light. In other words, he's going to be worshipped. There are some that's going to worship him, unaware, but worshiping him. And in verse 15, Therefore it is no great thing if the ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to the works. So what do you look for? Somebody with a pitchfork and a red suit and a pointed tail or somebody, some of these low-life characters we would talk about? They're going to appear to the untrained eye as ministers of righteousness. They're going to talk about how much they love Jesus and how much they love God. Now, and then the next breath, they're going to deny him and glorify Satan. So, uh, Satan and his disciples, and again, we see how they're going to appear. But what do they entice with? What is Satan's bait Bill, you're a, you're a fisherman, and uh, so we go uh, to catch a, a, a fish. We don't just put a bare hook out there. <clears throat> we may put a night crawler or a, a liver or depending on what we're fishing for. We'll put other different kinds of bait on that hook. We don't just put the bare hook out there. We... We want to deceive the fish because we want, to, we want to catch them. So we put bait on there, and we can discuss what bait worked good for, for certain things. So what is Satan's bait? What does he entice with? We want to put a certain uh, bait on that, on that hook or make it look like something else, make it look like a shad if we're using artificial bait, but we want to entice. And to see the fish so we can catch it. So what does Satan use to entice with? What's his bait? So I have here this morning again, uh, I have the pitchfork here representing, I guess, Satan and so forth. But I have a hook on it, a large hook. And then on this hook, we have the bait. Very pretty. I was, I was going to have a nice pretty package wrapped up, but sometimes we cheat and we just buy these little bags and put gifts in them. So we have this nice pretty little bag here with a heart on it and a key. Very enticing and very pretty. Very beautiful. But we have written on that glory. So is glory a bad thing? 
Well, I'll tell you, this is what Satan uses bait. And again, I have this string down here, and from that we have, it's actually poison. If I, if I was going to, uh, if I wanted to do you people harm this morning, I might come in here with some chocolate bars. Maybe has some poison in it. And I know some of you would fall for it. I would fall for it. Mort's not here. He'd fall for that chocolate. I could, I could entice you with that chocolate and you not knowing that actually it was poison. So I could use chocolate as bait if I wanted to do you harm. So again, what is Satan's bait? So in my little uh, example I have this morning, my prop, I have glory in this nice, beautiful package as bait. And let me just say before we read it, this is what Satan uses for bait, glory. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. We, we read it. Well, that was on a different sermon, I guess, when we're talking about Jesus and so forth and temptations. But we're talking about Jesus' temptation, and, and we see something revealed here that I hadn't seen uh, for uh, many years. Luke chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> verse 1. This is right after Jesus was baptized. And one scripture says, immediately after he was baptized, this says, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, uh, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And again, one of them says, and immediately after he was baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tested, by the devil. So here's the devil, a tool of God being used to tempt Jesus. And as we, as we studied this, uh, this temptation was real to Jesus. We, this is Jesus on the, not, not the, uh, uh, the deity side, but the earthly side. Yes, he was tempted and it was real. But he was tempted by the devil. And... In uh, verse 5, and you know there's more than one temptation here, but I want to look at this in verse 5. <clears throat> and the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So, we could look at mountains or we could look, I'm not sure what we'd look at today, maybe from satellite's point of view and have the earth and just see all the different kingdoms of the earth and, and everything like that. But he said that's what he showed him. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power, or authority, or power, all this power will I give thee. And the glory and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. God gave Satan the bait 
of glory to entice. And he said, I've been given this, and I can give to whom, whomsoever. And then verse 6. Well, uh, let, me read, let me read verse 6 again. And the devil said to him, All this authority, or power, will I give thee, and the glory of them, uh, or, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. So the God gave him, gave Satan, this power to have this glory to entice with. Now, this word glory, no surprises here, but it means, if you go back into the, uh, in the Greek, it means glory, honor, praise, worship. So Satan said to Jesus, I can give you this glory. You can have honor and praise and be worshipped. I've got the power that's been given to me. I can give this. <clears throat> Did Jesus take the bait? Well, we know he didn't, but look in verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So worship God only. Give honor and glory and praise to God only. And that's what Jesus always did, didn't he? Jesus always gave the honor and the glory to the Father. He never took glory upon himself. So here, as he was tempted of Satan, but again, Satan says, I've got the power that's been given to me. I can give you glory. You will have honor and praise and be worshipped. So, that's true. And that's the bait that he uses to entice with. It seems innocent. The nice, beautiful package there. I want to go, I've done, read it before, I want to read it again. Uh, well, nah, maybe I won't. <laughs> In Isaiah chapter 14, this is Satan's doctrine. And Satan believed he had this glory. And he says, I'll be like the Most High. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. Or, uh, yeah. And uh, I'll be like the Most High. I, I, I. And many people do worship Satan. We may follow this uh, lesson up with how do we worship Satan. But many people do worship Satan. And, and, and it's, it's this, they don't realize it. They're being deceived if they say give Satan honor and glory for blinding eyes. Give Satan honor and glory for doing this to Job. But that's Satan's doctrine that he has power to do to give glory and honor. That you'll be praised and worshipped. I want to read this in Acts uh, 
chapter 4. We've read this before. I want to read it again. Uh, Acts chapter 4. This is uh, where they were starting the mock trials and everything uh, uh, against uh, uh, Jesus. And Acts 4 and uh, 27 tells us some truth about this. Acts 4 27, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, remember Pilate, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, the nations and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And we talked about this, uh, who's running things? Well, all these people were gathered here to crucify Jesus, but who's running things? They're going to do what the counsel of the Lord before had determined to be done. God's still running things, but they were gathered here. Now, go to John chapter 19. Remember, Pilate was here. Uh, John chapter 19. John 19 and verse 8. When Pilate, remember we just talked about Pilate, he was gathered together, uh, they were all gathered together to do the Lord's will and his counsel. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, From where art thou? You know, you've been telling people you're the Christ and everything, but what, what, from where art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. And listen. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Do you realize who you're talking to or not talking to? And then he says, Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee? And again, that word I, you know, Satan says, uh, I will be like the Most High, I'll exalt my throne above the Most High. And here, um, Pilate, uh, I, ha I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee. Don't you know who you're in front of here? I've got this power. I'm worthy of praise and honor. I've got, I have the power. Now, we already read whose will and counsel is coming to pass here. And then, listen, verse 11. Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. So, he said, you don't have any power unless it was given to you. Satan doesn't have any power unless it was given to him. And we see Pilate was gathered there with Herod and the nation and everything to do what the Lord had before counseled to be done. And they were gathered there to do that exactly that. And that's what Pilate was there to do. And, but he probably thought, I got power to do this. Satan felt, or I mean, Pilate took the bait, didn't he? I've got the glory. 
He took the bait. But Jesus always gave the honor and glory to the Lord as he did there. He said, you wouldn't have any power except it be of God. He always gave God the honor and glory. So get, Satan has been given power to give glory. Eve took the bait. Said, well, here's this tree. Oh, we can't partake of that. God said not to take that. They take up, you'll die. Oh, no, no, no. You'll be, if you partake of, you'll be as God. Oh, I'll be as God? Worthy of praise and honor and glory? She took the bait. Nebuchadnezzar took the bait. You remember he had the dream, Daniel interpreted his dream. Basically, the dream was that, you know, that your uh, king is going to be taken away from you. You're going to spend seven years in the wilderness, and then it will be returned unto you. But it says, until you learn that the Most High rules in the kingdom and so forth. Uh, and it's his kingdom. And, uh, and buddy, you mentioned that in your prayer, and it's very fitting to this. Deliver us from evil, and it says, for thine is the kingdom. So Nebuchadnezzar, at this time, didn't know thine was the kingdom. Because then he said, after 12 years or 12 months, he had to think about that. He said, wait, wait a minute. This kingdom can't be taken away from me. I built this king. I, I built this kingdom. My power and my might, it can't be taken away from me. I've got praise and honor and glory. It can't be taken away from me. I build it. I, I, I. And then, you know, it's taken away from him uh, at that time. And then later, after seven, I believe seven years, it returned to him. And he said, he exalted the most high. He said that, that God reigns in the army of heaven and among the heavens of the earth. As his kingdom to give it to whosoever he wills. So Nebuchadnezzar, he took the bait. Glory, I built this, I can do this. He took the bait. Uh, Peter took the bait. Of course, the Lord was telling him in his own way that he was going to uh, be taken, be crucified. <clears throat> which would be the sacrifice for their sins and everything, and how the, his disciples uh, was going to uh, uh, deny him and, and so forth. And Peter says, though all the other ones deny you, I, <laughs> that's straight from Satan, honor and glory to me. All the rest of them might deny you, but I will not. I. Boy, then he's something. He's something to be glorified. Now, the rest of them might not, but I, big me, big I, I won't deny you. Of course, so he, he took the bait. Of course, the Lord said to Peter, Satan desired to sit you as wheat, but I prayed for you. When you're converted, strengthen the brethren. So uh, Peter took the bait. Lord prayed for him. He was converted, and we're strengthened 
by the words of Peter. So, beloved, have you taken the bait? Now, in years gone by, <clears throat> I took the bait. I thought it'd be good to go to heaven, be bad to go to the other place. I knew that I couldn't go to heaven, <laughs> but I took the bait. <clears throat> it's all up to me and what I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. But have you taken the bait? Do you believe salvation is about you, I, me? I must accept. The scripture says that we've been made accepted in the beloved. Not I must accept. Or I must believe. Well, see, that gives you some glory, doesn't it? See, that's that hook. That gives you the glory. I, uh, the one individual many years ago, he said, well, you thought, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. That's the I, the we, the me. You'd like to think I have something to do with it. I must believe. And that seems, because you can read a lot of scriptures about belief. And it seems, it seems pretty and beautiful hanging on that hook. I must believe. But what does the scripture say? Acts 13, 48. And actually, I want us to look at it when I, uh, when I read it. Yeah, we can talk, and I, I'm thankful for belief. But to say, I must believe, you see where the honor and glory is going to. You see where that came from, from the deceiver. Uh, Acts, I went past it and back again in Acts 13 and 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained, to eternal life, believed. So see, if I say, I must believe, or you must believe, I'm giving you the glory. When in fact it's not. The, the, way, the, the reason we would, I would believe because I was ordained to eternal life. They want to switch it around. I believe, and therefore I get eternal life, and therefore I'm saved. I know it sounds innocent, but you know where the doctrine comes from. It's glory unto man. It comes straight from Satan. That's his bait. Or I must turn over a new leaf. I must be good. Won't go to it either, but in Romans, the fifth chapter, tells us how we're made sinners by the disobedience of one. Talking about Adam, we're all sinners because of that. Well, how do we get out of that condition? And it goes on over the 19th verse. It says, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So for you, when you say, oh, I must turn over a new leaf and I must be good. See, that's the I, I, I. But it's not about my obedience or your obedience. It's by the obedience of one, and that's Jesus Christ. And there we can, brings us back to the simplicity which is in Christ. Let me read, so familiar to you, 
book of Ephesians, chapter 1, we'll see where the honor and glory belongs. We'll see about the simplicity in Christ. We'll see that God deserves all the honor and glory, that we are simply on the receiving end of his grace and mercy, which I'm thankful for. Ephesians chapter 1 and, and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he, God the Father, has chosen us, <clears throat> his elect sheep, in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. How are we going to be presented holy without blame before him in love? Because of what I do? Because of what you do? No, it's because of the obedience of that one, Jesus Christ. Having predestinated us unto the adoptions of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to, according to what? According to if I've been good enough, according if I accepted, according if I chose, according if I turned over a new leaf. No, it says according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace through which he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So you can't make yourself acceptable. He makes us accepted in the beloved by his sacrifice. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to, if we turned over a new leaf? No, according to the riches of his grace. So give God all the honor and glory, not Satan and not man. Let me finish with our text here in 2 Corinthians 4 and and go back to verse 3, and we'll, we'll close with this. 1 Corinthians 4 and 3, But if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them who believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And then verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ, the Lord, and ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. So by God's grace, we, we preach not ourselves. I or you must accept, must choose, must believe, must turn over a new leaf, must hold on faithful to the end. By the grace of God, we don't do that. We don't take that bait of taking glory on ourselves. It says, for we preach not ourselves. We could easily read that, read over that, couldn't we? We preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.